Well, how many of you brought your Bible with you tonight? Will you hold up the Word of God all over the building? I want to ask you to join me on page 703, if you have an old Schofield Bible, or the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 11. Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, 703, in the old Schofield Bible. If you don't have an old Schofield Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes is just to the right of the book of Psalms. And if you can find the book of Psalms there, we're in chapter 11, the book of Ecclesiastes, just a couple of books over from that. And I want to read one sentence here tonight. I'll ask you, if you will, to leave your Bibles open. What I'd like to do is just go back and kind of just break this sentence apart a little bit and maybe just give us a little challenge, a little push, a little shove in this area uh, that I want to speak about tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11. Now, don't forget the service on Wednesday night. I hope you'll be back for our service then, 7 o'clock, be much in prayer for the service and looking forward to the opportunity to be together in our midweek service. You know, we're going through the alphabet. We're all the way down this week to the letter W, and I've already kind of been thinking about in my mind some words and some uh, things to say about all that. So uh, never fear. We'll see if we have a message here on Wednesday night, and I hope you'll be here for that at 7 o'clock. All right? Ecclesiastes chapter 11. If you're there, would you say amen? amen. Let's look at verse number 1. One verse, one sentence from the Word of God. Here's what the Bible said. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You know, I, I thought about what a title I wanted to have for my message tonight. And, man, I couldn't even think of a good title, so I'm just going to, I'm calling my message tonight, this right here, if it's even on there. I don't know if it's up there or not, but I'm calling it a Lord's Day Evening Message. How's that? A Lord's Day Evening Message. All right? Let's pray. Father, bless your word tonight, please, and speak to our hearts. What a great promise we have in the Word of God. And I don't know if I'll do it justice or not tonight, but I do want to say three things about this sentence. And I pray that you'd use it to challenge our hearts and just help us in this matter that I want to speak about tonight. Bless your word, challenge us, and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife and I recently were thinking about doing something that to us uh, was uh, kind of risky. And by that, I don't want to, when I say risky, I mean we don't know how it was going to turn out. It involves taking a risk. And I want you to understand, I'm not talking about gambling or even anything close to that. But we decided to go ahead and just take this risk, to just forge ahead. Now, I'm going to stop and tell you something that, uh, and when I say this, I want you to understand, I'm not saying this proudly, I'm saying this sadly. And I don't want, you to, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm the most spiritual person in the world. I want to be, I desire to be, and y'all pray for me. But uh, when we started to do this, the Lord put a verse of Scripture in my mind. And uh, the verse of Scripture that He put into my mind was Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now, every time I get ready to do something, I want you to think, boy, a verse of Scripture pops in the preacher's mind because that's not always the case. Sometimes what pops in my mind is the farthest thing from a verse of Scripture, to be honest with you. But on that particular day, it seemed like the Lord was just saying, okay, let me give you a good verse to go along, Brother Tim, with what you're about to do. And the verse was Ecclesiastes 11 in verse number 1. 
In fact, as we started to do that, I looked over at my wife, and I quoted this verse of Scripture to her. And not only did I quote it to her, but the man that was standing there with us, I also quoted it to him as well. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Now, this verse contains both a principle, it contains a promise, as well as it contains a practice. Cast thy bread upon the waters, thou shalt find it after many days. I'd like to encourage you uh, to, to memorize this verse of Scripture and to put into practice what it's teaching us. Now, here's the interesting thing I found out about this verse. When you go to commentaries and you look this verse up, you try to get some other people's, uh, you know, ideas or opinions as to what the verse is saying. Most of the writers that are read behind use this verse in a financial kind of a setting. In other words, they said, you know, this verse is just teaching us to be cautious about making wise investments. Go ahead and throw it out there. You, you never know it may come back and come back much greater than you threw it out to start with. Now, I want to say this tonight. You know, as far as I can tell, you know, that may be a good promise that's found in this verse. That may be a good uh, way to use this verse of Scripture, and I guess you could probably use it like that. But I just got to just say this tonight. I'm not much into financial investments, just to be honest with you. I are a preacher of the gospel and not a financial advisor. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but when it comes to, uh, you know, finances, my mindset is simply this. Do I have enough to pay my tithes? Do I have enough to pay my bills? Do I have enough to buy some groceries? And praise God. God, can we stop by McDonald's once in a while? And if I've got enough money to do that, hey, everything is going to be all right in Whoville. Amen. That's my mindset when it comes to financial, financial matters. So when I think about financial matters and finances, this verse really doesn't resonate all that much with me. Now, if you're involved in that kind of stuff, maybe many of you are in the stock market or you're into investments and you buy properties and you uh, do stuff of that matter. Man, Praise God, what a great verse. Use this verse. But that don't really speak a whole lot to me because I'm not involved in stuff like that. But I tell you something I am involved in, trying to get people saved. And as I look at this verse of Scripture, I really think this verse of Scripture has a great promise when it comes to the matter of soul winning. Now, I know I get it just like you. You know, that's really become an unfamiliar thing to us in recent weeks and months and even in the past, I guess I could say a year and a half. I venture to say that the majority of us in this room tonight, and I said us, have not attempted recently to win uh, a whole lot of people to Jesus. You know, I think we have bought into this notion that many have. You know, many people have bought into the notion, don't come to church. You'll catch that disease over there at the church. Stay away from church. Watch it on church. Uh, watch it on the computer. But can I tell you something? Jesus didn't die for the computer. Jesus died for the church, the Bible said. But a lot of people have bought into this notion, now don't go to church. You'll get sick over there at church. I don't want to beat a dead horse to death, but you can get sick at Walmart too. You can get sick at Food Line too. You can get sick at Lowe's Hardware too. You can get sick at Target too. You can get sick at Home Depot. You can get sick anywhere. Oh yeah, I know you can catch it here, but you can catch it anywhere. Won't you stay away from them places? I'm just trying to say, a lot of people have bought into the notion, man, don't come to church. You'll get sick there. But then those of us that are coming to church, I'm afraid we bought into the notion, now don't, don't be going up knocking on doors anymore. I mean, if you go knock on the door, they're going to come to the door, they're going to spray you down with Lysol and run you off the porch. 
because they don't want anything to do with you because they're afraid, they're afraid of catching this virus. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I still believe that God is in the business of saving souls from a lost and an eternal place called hell. Jesus is still willing, not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. The Bible said that, uh, that God would still have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm here to tell you, friend, the reason people aren't getting saved is because we're not going after them. Can I have an amen? And we need to go back and just put this verse into practice once again. Now, I got three things I want to say about this verse. It's 605, and uh, I got three things I want to say about this verse. Number one, stay with me. This, this, this verse is about bread. This verse is about spread, and this verse is about a head. That's all this verse is about. Bread, spread, and a head. And it's all in the matter to me. I don't know what it speaks to you about. Maybe, maybe you read that and say, praise God. I'm going to put this verse into practice when it comes to finances. You go ahead and do that. But that don't, that don't mean a whole lot to me. But I'm interested in getting some folks saved. I won't do what this verse says. Number one, let's talk, number one, about bread. Notice the first phrase of this verse, cast thy Bread. Bread. Now, what in the Bible, what is in the Bible does bread represent? As you, as you read through the Bible, what is, uh, what is illustrated by bread throughout the Word of God? Well, I think, number one, as we read through the Bible, we come to understand that bread typifies, number one, the Son of God. The Son of God is like bread to the hungry. Now, i got to tell you, when you read through the Bible, you know, there are many analogies that are used throughout the Word of God that tells us who Jesus is and what Jesus will do. And by the way, I'm glad God broke it down for us like that. I'm not the smartest light in, in the uh, light bulb in the house, and, and I'm glad God in the Bible kind of broke it down and said, okay, if this is your need, this is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus will do for you. And I'm glad God broke it down like that, aren't you? I'm glad Jesus just didn't come into this world and say, okay, I'm God. Put her there. Let's be friends. And now I would get it. He's still God and, and he still wants to be our friend. He's our Savior. I get all that. But I'm glad the Bible went a step farther and told us not only is Jesus God, but Jesus is this, Jesus is that, and he'll meet the deepest, darkest needs of our lives tonight. For instance, you know when you read through the Bible, when you read through the Bible, you'll find out there's a variety of illustrations given to us in the Word of God that helps us to understand who Jesus is. You know, over in the Gospel of John, we keep running into those I am statements over in the Gospel of John. You know, there are seven of those I am statements over there. For instance, we read about Jesus in John 8, verse number 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, that encourages my heart. You know why? Because I dwell in darkness. When I was born into this world, I was born in spiritual darkness. But I'm glad, thank God, he's the light of the world. And if I follow him, I can walk in the light as he is in the light. I can have fellowship with him and the blood of Jesus Christ. God's Son will cleanse us from all sin. Now, if he's the light, evidently I'm in darkness. 
Can I have an amen? I know we live in a highly technical age, technological age. I mean, but in the field of medicine, in the field of science, we're advanced. We're in, we could call this the age of enlightenment, but can I stop and just tell you this? We're still in spiritual darkness. I mean, buddy, we're just as much in spiritual darkness today as we've ever been. But I'm glad Jesus said, I want to light up your darkness. I am the light of the world, the light for our darkness. He went on to say this, not only is he the light of the world, but Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. And he went on to say this, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Boy, aren't you glad we got a good shepherd tonight? Hey, I'm just a little sheep running around down here. I ain't got enough sense to get in out of the rain. I mean, I'll feed right over in the midst of wolf country, but I'm glad I got a shepherd who loves me, who cares for me, who watches over me. The best advice I can give all of us living out these last days is hang around the shepherd. Amen. I mean, sheep are defenseless. We have no ability whatsoever to defend ourselves, but I'm glad I got a good shepherd up yonder who loves me, who loves me enough to lay down his life for me, and he gave his life on Calvary, and he will watch over me as I try to serve him and live for him. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Oh, I get it now. I get it. I'm in darkness. He's the light. I get it now. I'm like a little old sheep down here who needs a shepherd. I understand. That's who he is, and that's what he wants to do for me. And by the way, I like this verse right here. Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out there and find path. Hey, I get that now. He's a door, and if I walk through him, that means I can live eternally. I understand who he is now. Amen. John 14, verse number 6, that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father by me. Oh, I get it now. If I'm going to go to heaven, there's only one way to get there, and that is through and by the Lord Jesus. I get it now. I'm understanding who he is. But then there's that verse over in the Gospel of John that simply says this, I am the bread of life. You see, Jesus is like bread for a starving person. But unlike the bread that this world has to offer, that stale, stagnated bread of the world that'll leave you hungry for more, Buddy, when you come to Jesus and you partake of him, when you receive him and you partake of him, he satisfies that hunger once and for all. I said all that to say this. Bread is a picture of the Son of God. But number two, bread is a picture of the Word of God. I mean, when you read through the Bible, I mean, we come to understand that the Bible likens itself to bread. I mean, when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter number 4, and he'd been there for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, and the Bible said after all that, when all that was ended, the devil came and started tempting him. Remember what Jesus said on one occasion? Jesus said in Matthew 4, verse number 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hey, can I stop and say, Jesus is bread. Can I say tonight, this precious Bible... The Word of God is the bread of life. And if you'll partake of it, you'll never, ever hunger again. Bread. This verse is about bread. And by the way, did you notice there in chapter 11, verse number 1, it says, Cast thy bread upon the water. In other words, he's saying if you've experienced the bread, then go ahead and cast it on the water. You know, you can't talk about what you haven't experienced. 
If he's not become thy bread, then there's no way that you can tell others about him. I mean, he must be thy bread. I don't do this to embarrass people. We used to have, to have people come by the house. You know, they used to kind of go door by door, and they were selling this, fire alarm, vacuum cleaner, or something like that. And, and they would come by the house occasionally, knock on the door, and want to come in and demonstrate. It's a good way to get your carpets clean. Let them come in, one of those vacuum cleaners, and, and uh, they say, hey, watch this, and clean this. Hey, I like that. How about this car? What about this rug right over here? Run over that. Oh, man, that's good. Could you come in the bedroom for just a minute? Let's go over. Let's see what that thing will do. Have you ever had that experience before? But you ask my wife, and I don't do this to embarrass anybody. I'm not trying to be mean, but I always ask the same question when they used to come out of the house. Uh, for instance, if they were selling like a vacuum cleaner or whatever, I'd always say, hey, do you own one of them? I mean, why are you trying to get me to buy one if you don't own one? I mean, don't tell me. Don't, uh, tell me by experience what's going on here. I mean, tell me you got one of these things. If you don't have one, then if you ain't got enough confidence in, 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 in the product to have one, why are you trying to get me to buy one of those things? Can I have an amen? And the Bible said that he must be thy bread. No wonder people don't tell people about the Lord. You know why? They've never experienced him for themselves. And he's, now we're told in the scripture that he must be thy bread. Boy, I'm glad I've experienced him. Boy, I'm glad I got saved by the grace of God. Hey, I'm glad I took a big old bite of the bread of life one night and I've never hungered or thirsted again. I'm glad I drunk from a fountain. And thank God that water quenched my thirst. That bread quenched my hunger. And I can stand up here and tell you, I know by experience that he is the bread of life. And he'll satisfy your hunger, friend. Yeah, this verse, this verse is about bread. How many of you are all with me? Uh, but now number two, not only is this verse about bread, but now this verse is about spread. What do I mean? Look at verse 11. Cast thy bread upon the waters. Now I think again what we're encouraged to do is to take the bread and excuse my country language, throw it out. Hey, take the bread and distribute it. Take the bread and spread it. Take the bread and cast it upon the waters. Now if the bread is the Son of God and if the bread is the Word of God, then we're told to cast that upon the water. Now, what's the waters represent? Well, the first time in the Bible the word waters are mentioned in the Bible. By the way, can I tell you something? Throwing bread on water does nobody any good unless you're a big dumb duck. If you're feeding ducks, cast your bread on the water. But I, don't, I ain't in the business of feeding ducks. But what he's telling us in this text is, okay, if you've experienced the Son of God, if you know the Word of God, then take that and cast it, spread it upon the waters. Now, what does the waters represent? Well, staying with the law of first mention in the Bible. The first time that the waters are mentioned in the Bible, obviously, is back in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and in verse number 2, where the Bible talks about there the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So we come to understand now the waters in that verse, law of first mention, represents the world. We read a little bit later on in the Bible how that the water represents humanity. Over in the book of Revelation, we read about the beast rising up 
out of the, and the Bible uses this phrase, this terminology, the sea of nations. So water in the Bible is a picture of the world. Water in the Bible is a picture of lost humanity. Now the picture's becoming clear. What is this first telling us to do? Okay, if you've experienced the, the bread, if you know the Son of God, and if you know the Word of God, then what we're supposed to do then is to take that that we've experienced for ourselves and found to be true and cast it upon the sea of humanity. Don't keep it to yourself. Bless your heart. Tell others. Spread it out so other people can experience what you've experienced for yourself. Amen. Now, Brother Mark, this morning in his message, talked about the technology of our day. And by the way, we are living in technological days. I get that. But you know something? Really, living in these highly advanced technological days that you and I are living in really makes it very easy for us to cast our bread upon the waters. I mean, you stop and think about it. There are many ways that you and I can cast our bread out. We can cast the Word of God out. We can throw it out upon the waters of the seas of humanity. Hey, and trust the Lord to give the increase. Many ways. Number one, I thought about this. What about tracks? I'm talking about gospel tracks. Again, I get it. I know it's COVID. I get all that stuff. By the way, when is this stuff going to get behind us? I was watching the news yesterday. There's a new variant, whatever a variant is. They say, man, there's a new variant out here. People are dying like crazy. Well, I didn't get the shot the first time. I don't know what I'm going to do if I get the variant now. I'm in, I'm in big trouble, mister. But can I just tell you this? People don't want to lay down tracks anymore. Say so They won't pick them up because they're afraid they got the COVID on it. Well, can I tell you something? That's still a good way to cast your bread upon the waters. When you go to the hospital, when I go to the hospital, wherever, Walmart or whatever, man, take some tracks with you in your pocket. And, and, and when you get over there, and there's those Viany sausage section there. And, man, everybody's done already bought all the Viany sausages. There's this big hole there. Lay a track down. You know what you're doing? You're casting your bread upon the waters. Hey, when you pay your bills, stick a track in your bills. Oh, you say, preachers ain't going to read it. They may not but you're casting your bread. Can I have an amen? amen? Hey, when you walk in that bathroom, you say, Preacher, under God, don't tell me to pay. Yeah, take a track in the bathroom. <laughs> and when people go in there, hey, you never know. You never know. You know what you're doing? You're casting your bread. We've got away from that. I think, we've, I think we've got to the place we think we're smarter. We're, we're too, we're too uh, educated. We can't do stuff like that anymore. Yeah, you're right, and nobody ain't getting saved either. I'm saying if we would cast our bread out a little bit more, maybe there'd be a little bit more of return on what we've been casting out. But the problem is we ain't been spreading it. When's the last time you took a pocket full of tracks with you to Walmart? Hey, when's the last time we stuffed our purses? Not me, I don't carry a purse. But when's the last time you ladies stopped by the track rack and got some stuff in your purse and just wherever you went, went over there, just had to put, lay tracks down. What are you doing? Casting your bread. Can I have an amen? amen? Hey, it'll still work. Amen. Casting our bread. You can do that by tracks. I thought about number two. You can do it by text. I mean, listen to this. I've encouraged you recently to reach out to people you haven't seen in a while. And I know many of you have probably been doing that. Let them know, hey, we miss y'all over here. We love you. We miss you. We want you to come back over here. You know, nobody's sick over here as far as we know right now. And things are safe. Come on back to church again. But you ever thought about this? Every time you send out a text, put a good Bible verse in it. You say, what are you doing? Casting your bread out. Down there at the end, 
Down at the end, when you're texting somebody, when you get through texting them, won't you put Romans 10, 13? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What are you doing? Casting your bread out. What's wrong with that? I mean, yeah. I mean, what, 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 what's that? why are we not doing that? I mean, that's free. It doesn't cost a dime. You're not walking anywhere. You're not knocking up, knocking on somebody's door cold turkey. I mean, why can't we just, when we send out a text, why can't we just cast our bread out with that text and say, hey, here's a good verse of Scripture to go along with this. We're casting our bread. Are y'all with me now? Don't y'all don't y'all look at me, bless God, like I'll I, I stick five buttons in my mouth before this thing's over with. Tracks. What about this? Text. When you send text out, what does it cost you to type a few more words into there and send that out along with that? Text. Tracks. Number three, testimony. Hey, when you, start, when you tell somebody what the Lord's done for you, you know what you're doing? Casting your bread. Spreading the bread out upon the waters. I get it. If he ain't never done nothing for you, maybe you, do, maybe you can't talk about it. But if he's thy bread, you know one thing can satisfy your hunger. Amen. Amen. And we can take that and cast it out upon the waters. You never know what's going to happen, what's going to become of it. By the way, you say, well, preacher, people argue with you about, about, your, uh, about what you tell them. Look, nobody in their right mind can argue with you about what God's done in your life. They can doubt that he'd do the same in their life. They can doubt it was, they can doubt it exists. They can, they can doubt the Bible is untrue. They can say all of that. But when you go up to them and say, I used to be an old drunk, but I got saved by the grace of God, and God took that liquor away from me, I'm drinking from a different, you know what? They can't argue with that. No, sir. When you used to, when you say, man, I used to be bad to lie. I used to be old bad to lay around anymore. Immorality. And man, I used to be bad to party. And God's changed my life and cleaned me up. They can argue with our Bible, but they cannot argue with your testimony. What are you doing? Casting your bread. When's the last time you told somebody your testimony? Tracks. Text. Testimony. Number four. Stay with me on this one. Transmissions. You say, what are you talking about now? I'm talking about Facebook, bless God. Thank you, Miss Sherry. That's what I say when I think about it too. Oh, my. Ugly. Yeah, that's a good word. But why not use it for good? Instead of using it to spread the latest gossip, <gasps> did you hear what happened at our church? <gasps> did you hear about me? Why don't we use that? To put a good Bible over. Every time you uh, sit, uh, well, let me, I'm going to get this right because I want to act like I know what I'm talking about here. Every time you're on Facebook or social media and you upload, boy, I'm impressing you now, man. I'm using it. You, or your post. Oh, brother, am I getting it? In all of that, won't you put a good verse at the end of that? Now, I get it. You can't gossip and put a verse at the end of it. But instead of doing all that, man, why don't you put, a, put out there a good verse right at the end of that. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What are you doing when you do that? Casting your bread. Casting your bread. You say, preacher, it won't do any good. You never know what it might do. I'm just saying, man, there's a variety of ways that we can cast our bread Upon the water. So this verse, watch it. It's about bread. How I many of y'all see that? Can I have an amen? It's about spread, cast, 
But then number three, it's about ahead. Because this verse contains a promise for us as well. Look at the promise. Cast thy bread upon the waters. For thou shalt find it after many days. Sounds like to me, whatever we throw out is going to come back to us. If the Bible be true. How many of y'all believe the Bible's true? I believe it's true. And if I believe the Bible is true, if I'll cast the bread out there, if I'll throw it out there on the sea of humanity, on the oceans of, 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 of lost humanity, if I'll throw it out there, it sounds like to me it's going to come back to me some way or another. The Bible does say in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that. Whereunto I've sent it, it shall accomplish that which I please. See, I like to me, when we cast it out, it always accomplishes what God wants it to. Cast thy bread upon the waters. By the way, we need to quit making excuses why we're not doing it. Look down in this same text. Look at verse number 4. Here's some excuses. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. How many of y'all planted a garden this year? I, like an idiot, have planted a garden. I never learn, never get it. So this year I go out, plant my corn patch. Now listen, I know, I know, I'm not, I'm no, I know I'm not going to get it no way. The deers are going to get it. I get that. But who said amen right there? I bring you before the church, bless God, and throw you out of here right. No, I'm kidding. So I planted my corn patch. Can I tell you something? You say, preacher, you ain't going to get none of it. You know something? You're probably right. But I'll get more than if I hadn't have planted it. I got a better chance of getting some if I hadn't have planted it. If I'd have walked out there and verse number four says, it's too windy today. I can't sow today. It's just too windy. And I used that as an excuse. Guess what? I don't have a chance of getting no corn. Look again at verse number four. If the, the clouds come, boy, boy, I'll tell you, it's a cloudy day. It might rain. I'm not going to sow my corn. I'm not going to plant corn because, uh, because uh, it's cloudy today. It's, it's going to rain and I'm just not going to fool with it. Today. Guess what? I wouldn't get no corn. I can make all the excuses I want to make, but if I'm going to have some corn, I'm going to have to get out there in that field. I'm going to have to sweat. I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to labor. I'm going to have to fuss at the deer. I'm going to have to do my best to keep them away. If I go get it, i got to quit making excuses and get out there and get with it. And boy, we can say it's the last days, all we want to say. We can say it's COVID's fault. We can blame it on Biden. We can do all of that. And I'm just here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if, if we're going to get some people saved, we're going to have to quit offering up these excuses and cast our bread. Can I have an amen? Cast our bread upon the waters. I'm just trying to say, boy, there's bread, there's spread, but then there's a head. Look what he says as a promise now. If you do this, thou shalt find it after many days. There's a promise. What's the promise? Thou shalt find it. Notice the promise. Notice the patience. After many days. Now, sometimes it may come back to you right away. Sometimes it may take many days. But the promise is, oh, it'll come back. I know many of you have been working and laboring for years about a lost loved one, been praying, seeking God's face for years in the behalf of a lost loved one. But I just want to encourage you, don't give up. 
Don't give up. You never know. You never know what might happen. Let me prove a point. Look at verse number 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Then he says this in verse 6, In the morning, go ahead and sow thy seed. And in the evening, withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall, uh, whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they shall both, uh, they both shall be alike good. You know what he's saying? Go ahead and sow your corn. You may get an ear off of it. Go ahead and sow your patch. I planted some beans. It looks like, bless God, Fort Knox around my bean patch. I got rope and string and cuss words hanging up around it. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that. But I'll tell you, I, I got a bean patch. It looks like four. We were out yesterday. Oh, we were out yesterday. My wife said, we're going to have a blackberry sonka. And we got blackberry. I don't know how, how things are at your house. But we got blackberry, blackberry vines all around our house. So we were out there yesterday, and, man, we were picking blackberries. And my wife has started. She's got hooked on this program called Alone on TV. And it's where they take you out up into this, like, frozen tundra of Alaska or something and they just dump you out up there and you got to stay there as long as you can and if you, if you stay there longer than anybody else does, you win $500,000. Well, we've been watching that on TV a whole lot. They'll just take them up there and dump them off and they got to build their house and catch their fish. But uh, the one thing about it, there's bears everywhere up there and they teach you when you hear a bear say, hey bear, hey bear, hey bear. We was picking blackberries yesterday. My wife's out there, hey bear, hey bear. I said, honey, there ain't no bear around here. She said, I heard something. Hey bear. And sure enough, about that time, right, I mean, probably from me to Brother Jerry away from me, a deer jumped up out of that thicket and blew, you know how deer go, they blew, blew at us and took off. We, we headed, we got our blackberries, we headed to the house. But can I tell you something? If I'm going to get any corn, I'm going to have to labor a little bit over it. I'm going to have to work at it. I can't just offer up excuses. The Bible said, go ahead and do it. You don't know what God might do. Can I have an amen? You don't know what the Lord may do with that. Look again at verse 6. Let's read it. Black letters, white pages. Inspired word of God said this in the morning. So you see it in the evening withhold not thine hand. Thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they shall both, uh, they shall, both uh, shall be alike good. You know what he said? You never know what's going to come of it. Go ahead and throw it out there. God may do something with it. And it may come back to you. The whole message tonight is this. Galatians 6 verse 9. Be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. We've got to stay at it, boys, uh, uh, me, uh, uh, children. We've got to stay after it. Just keep on casting. Keep on. Take the bread. Spread. Because something is waiting ahead. I was reading last week about uh, things that have been found in bottles it's unbelievable. You know, sometimes before ships goes down, somebody will write a note and they'll stick it in a bottle and just throw it out there in the water. They haven't, it hadn't been too long ago, they found a note off the Titanic 
Somebody had wrote a note right before they went down, stuck it in a bottle, put a cork in it, and threw it out. And that crazy thing, I guess, floated around for 100-plus years out in the water. And finally, it washed ashore. Somebody found it. And I forgot. I think they sold that thing for like $215,000. A letter in a bottle from the Titanic. You know what? You never know what might happen. That's why we got to stay at it. We can, again, I can give you excuses as to why folks aren't getting saved. You can give me your opinion about it. It's the last days. I get it. Men's heart's hard. You're exactly right. Boy, I'll tell you what. This, this COVID's took something out of us. Hey, you know something? You're right. But if folks aren't getting saved, there's only one reason for that. Can I tell you why? We ain't casting the bread. Can I have an amen? We ain't casting the bread on the water. Because the promise is, hey, you hang around. It'll come back after many days. Can I have an amen? amen? So why don't you go get you a pocket full of tracts on the way out the door? And why don't you, next time you send that text, go ahead and throw a good verse in on it. And why don't you, when you upload that next post, why don't you, when you do that next, stick a good verse out there on it? Come on. And why don't we start sharing our testimony again about what God's done in our life. Cast it out. It's going to come back. God's going to bless it. And we can see some people get saved. Can I have an amen? You say, preacher, it's late. You know something, you're right. It's the bottom of the night. It's two outs. I get it. But if God can save a multitude of people in the middle of the tribulation period, the number of whom is as the sands grains of sands by the seashore, if he can do it then, don't you think he can do it now? I believe he can. Close your Bible. Close your Bible. Now let's quote this verse. Ready? Go. Bring ye all the tithes. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Ready? Ecclesiastes 11.1. Work on that one. Work on it this week because you never know what God might do with it. Let's bow our heads for prayer.